listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, a.k.a. FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. Amen. So today we're looking at discipleship. So it's a discipleship. Right. And um, we're going to look at um, Mark, no, look. <laughs> yeah. We're going to look at Luke, Luke 14. Luke 14. Let's start, um, probably take us to, from the verse 15, Luke 14. Or let's look at something from the verse 12. You know, sometimes you go into the Bible to go look for something, and then you find something. So, uh-huh. the Bible is just full of treasures, plenty, plenty of treasures. Look at the neighbor. Said, the, neighbor the Bible is full of treasures, plenty treasures. So, if you feel like your life is not rich enough, look into the scriptures. You'll find treasures for your soul. You find treasures for your life. Are you are you in a house? Uh huh. So I went there looking for, and I found something, and I, I feel like, I, I feel like, okay, let you, let's look at um, um, the, 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 the chapter. Don't worry, they'll be fine. <laughs> it is well. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. <laughs> okay, the next verse. But when you give a bank, invite the poor, the clean, the blind. And you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Amen. <laughs> this is also in the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, what, what, what Jesus is saying, he's not saying that to a party and don't invite your friends or your colleagues, but his main emphasis is don't invite them only. Because he says once you invite them, they will also throw a party because they have the capacity to throw a party and they will all pay. It's been squared. But consider also doing a party where you can invite those that cannot pay you back. Hey, are you in the house? Consider doing what? Who cannot pay you back? It means that. How many of you have heard or seen? I, I've seen something you read on people's status and on this caption where, if there's no benefits, there's no way I'm bringing you to my circle. In other words, if I don't benefit from you, I'll bring you to my circle. Right? Uh huh. And what Jesus is saying that if you live like that, you will be repaid on earth. You'll be repaid on earth. And 
when the time of the resurrection of the righteous happened, you have nothing to... God is not going to look for it to pay you anything. Because you have already been repaid. Does it, does it make sense, somebody? Hey, are you in the house? Aha. Uh-huh. So look at your neighbor and it says, Neighbor, in your friendships and in your birthday parties, and what what are what are the things that you do and organize and say let's go out all the uh, your dates <laughs> your anniversary and all <laughs> Jesus said consider doing for the poor what they cannot pay you back mm. and I felt I, I I really feel like really because remember. Jesus brought us the kingdom of, of the way the kingdom of heaven is like. So often Jesus' um, um, sayings, you start by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like this. So oftentimes what we don't realize is that Jesus is, uh, is contradicting um, the lifestyle of earth with the lifestyle of the kingdom of God. Uh-huh. And he then goes forward to make an argument why the kingdom of God is better than what is on earth. Are you with me? Uh-huh. And so we must have that view whenever, whenever we're looking at scripture. You always must remember that you're looking at Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven, how unique um, and how different the kingdom of heaven is like. And for us who have said, unless you're not born again, if you're not born again, some arguments in the Bible do not hold with, with you. Some things the Bible do not hold with you. You can just move away from it. You don't, nothing must hold you down. But if you are somebody who says you belong to God, if you're somebody who says you have trusted in the Lord, there's some things you have to consider. And it says that in your ability to give parties and give, it said, don't only consider those who pay you back. Are you, are you, are you, are you with me? Uh-huh. Even for us as men of God, some of the most dangerous things that you get comfortable being invited places that you also be invited back. Yeah. And years ago, I decided not to do that. Uh-huh. Actually, that's why um, um, I don't engage with people that I invite, they invite him back. As of I don't even do lots of invite to preaching places. The prophet I have is too many. It's not pride, it's just that's the way it is. Uh-huh. But earlier on, I said, no. If somebody even invites me, I try to refuse inviting them. So that it's not, I invite you, you bless me. Then I also invite, you, 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 you get that thing? Yeah. Then it's mutual. So what you're doing is that we're canceling on earth. You bless, I bless. You bless, I bless. You bless, I bless. You bless, I bless. Hey, I'm making some sense, somebody. Uh-huh. So look at your neighbor and they say, tell the person, if you want to, if you, if you know you're going to appear at the resur- resurrection of the righteous, tell the person, if you know, you are going to appear at the resurrection of the righteous. Then my brother, my sister, you got to throw some party to, for some cripples, some, some poor people, some... some hey, hey, are, are you with me? Hallelujah. Go through some party. Amen. So, let's go on. Let's go on. Okay. So, the next one, next verse, please. We are 15. Jesus replied. A certain man, someone said, certain man, was preparing what? A great banquet and invited many guests, many guests, like yesterday's banquet. Ah, 
lot of guests at the place. You get it? At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited. Those who had been what? Invited. He said what? Come. For what? Everything is ready now. Okay. Or now ready. Then, then, then there's look. He said what? But they all what? But they all what? I can't but the all what? Alike began to make what? Excuses. The first said what? I've just bought a field and I must go see it. Please, what? Please. Okay, the next one. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I am on my way to try them out. Please, excuse me. Still, another said, I just got married. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I just got married. <laughs> I can't come. I have to go and try my this thing. Everybody's trying it out, so we just well have to try. Amen. <laughs> the next verse. <laughs> the servants came back and reported this to what his master. Was it the owner of the house? Became what? And ordered what? His servants to go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in what? Hey, the poor, they have showed up here again. Oh. Bring in what? The poor, what? The cripple, and what? The blind, and, and the lame. Says, sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been what? But there's still, but there's still room. Hey, are we in the house? Hmm. The next verse. Then the master told the servant, what? Go out towards the roads and what? The country lanes and what? Make them come in so that my house will be what? Be full, so that my house will be what? Full. Now, are you in the house? You have to understand that God is in the business of making his house full. Look at the one next to the person. God is in the business of what? Making his house what? Full. God wants to make his house full. God wants to make his house full. And because of that, and, 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 and because of that, God gives an invitation to come in. Discipleship actually starts with an invitation. Everybody receives an invitation one way or the other. We receive invitation to come in to God's house. We receive an invitation to come and follow God. We receive an invitation to come. And this is the way the Father has always worked. He wants his house full, so he invites. He wants his house occupied, so he goes and calls out. He sends men to go call out. We are all here because God used somebody to call us in. We are all here because God sent somebody to bring us in. That's why you are here. I, I, I'm not making some sense. Uh-huh. The Bible tells us that Jesus was trying to bring some, our minds to something. 
that when the Lord of the house sent a servant to bring the people in. Now, a bit of study says that in those days, because there was no t- a clock to know the actual time, usually when a man is given, a, they're going to do a banquet and it's only the wealthy. So this Lord of the house is likely a royal or a top person in the, in the, in the state or in the city. So the invitation is, is, the information is given ahead of time. And then people, RSBV, what do I call RSVBS. So they've said they will come already. That is why the preparation was made. Hey. They said they will come. They sent it out. They said, okay, I'm throwing a banquet and I, I want you to be there. I want you to be there. I want you to be there. And all of them says, yes, we will be there. And then the Lord went to make food, knowing the people that were supposed to come. And then just when it was about time, so usually the time comes when it's about ready. So that was said, when it's about ready, that's when they'll send out servants to say, okay, the thing is ready. So having said yes to the master, when it was time for them to commit to their yes, that was when the excuses started coming in. Hey. Now, if you're the master, what do you think your attitude will be? Hey. What would your attitude be after people ask this thing? Let's say for instance, this party, people have said, yes, I'm coming. And then you have gone to do, I mean, a small uh, table that was set yesterday. See the uh, plates levels. Oh. Yeah. They put a plate, another plate, it's a plate to another bowl on another plate. <laughs> go this way. Some places you go, it's a table that is there. When they say they have done something, it's a table with a cloth on it. Uh-huh. White cloth. Then we all sit and we look at the flower. <laughs> but this one, you can see the way, the intentionality, the excellence, the golden spoons and the A. And then having gone through all that, made that preparation, and you know, when it was time for you to make a commitment, now you are about giving an excuses. Hmm. And this is what is happening. The father has made preparation for men to come in. But men give excuse every day. Men give excuse. And somebody said this. He said, look, one of the things that people don't realize is that God forgives sins, but does not forgive excuse. God forgives sins, but doesn't forgive excuse. Because excuse is always our reason for inaction. the excuse is the reason we give for our inaction or the reason we give for our action god does not forgive that he will forgive the sin once you recognize you are wrong but the excuse and a lot of men of us live in excuses and this is where the challenge comes in follow disciples is the excuses we create now when you read the bible bible says makes us aware that these people are all from different backgrounds but yet they were all put into one category that all of them said, 
said. So in a sense, what I mean, I mean to say is that even though they are of the same, of the different background, excuse put them all together. Shake and say, never your excuses put you together with other people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you, oh, am I making some sense, somebody? Your excuses, that's what the Bible says, I think for the verse, um, take us back to about 17 or something. Is it 17? The next verse, 18. But they all alike. But they all alike began. They all. They all alike. Ah. See, I haven't been in, 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 in youth ministry. Sometimes you are doing a program and then, uh, guys, you know, you are doing a program and then the minute one person gives an excuse, you see everybody, others will... Oh, 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 rise. Aha. Then others, once an excuse has been given for inaction, you see others also joining. <laughs> excuse doesn't like going alone. They all are like. Now, here's the thing let's examine their excuses. And you see how frivolous their excuses were. One man said, I have bought a land. I am now going to expect it. Um, um inspect it now see nobody buys a land first without inspecting it you first must inspect your land before you can tell that your the money you are paying for is value for money but this guy is saying that i have bought it already and that i'm not going to <laughs> frivolous like the one that says i couldn't get to to it's Sunday morning. I couldn't get to come to church because I've now have washed my dress. My, hey, I, 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 <laughs> oh, I've gone there too quick. <laughs> the reason why some don't go to church is because they wash on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Don't worry. Rain is not new to us. Just follow. <laughs> you look at the excuses you give for inaction. As of what, it's as ridiculous as what the Bible says in Proverbs. Proverbs um, 20, 26 verse 13. Take us there and we'll come back to it. If you can give, we'll read it and give me the message Bible. He said, the sluggard says what? There's a lion on the road. I haven't seen lions on the road before. <laughs> and what? A fierce lion roaming the street. He said that, look, this sluggard person is amazing. Guess what? He is able to imagine not just a lion in his head. He's able to imagine a fierce lion. That means the guy is able to be detailed. That should give himself the reason why he should, he should not take an action. He spends his time in, and his energy in making up the excuse. So to come up with an excuse is work. Hey. Am I telling someone in, in the house? To come, up, to come up with an excuse is work. It's work. Nobody just gives an excuse. They think about it. They think about it. 
Look at the message. I said, what? The lover says, What? It's dangerous out there. Tigers. <laughs> Tigers are prowling the street. Then he said, Then he pulls the covers back over his head. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. Are you in the house? Ask anybody, are you a lazy man? Oh, what's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? Take us back to our original text. Ask anybody, are you a lazy man? The call to discipleship is a call for you to move out of your comfort zone. And if you are somebody who is used to your way of living, you will give an excuse. You will give an excuse. Because remember, the master and the Lord of the harvest, even though he has something good, was speak, calling these people out of their comfort zones, out of, their, out of their daily routines, out of the things they are used to, and he's calling them onto something else. And that's when the excuses and things started coming. So he said, what? I bought it. I said, give, give, us verse, give me verse 19. He said, and another said, I've just bought five yoga oxen. The same. You don't buy an oxen without trying first. You don't buy. See, the danger about our, our excuses is that it brings us into a place of being liars, embellishing the truth, exaggerating the fact. Because remember, once you're creating an excuse, you want to give a reason why your action is justified. So if it takes you stretching, you stretch the truth. You stretch, you find yourself stretching the truth. Going a bit far. Like somebody, why you not go to church? I don't have dress to wear. Really? You don't have a dress to wear? It's not that you don't have a dress to wear. Because you don't want to come, not having the dress you want is an excuse to say, I don't have a dress to wear. Hey, come on, make some sense. Yeah. The next one says what? So, uh, on the verse 20, it says, Still another said, are we good? I just what? Got married. Now, we all here, here know the importance of marriage, right? As for when you look into the Bible, Bible makes us and values marriage. Marriage is very, very important. Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding. So, it means that God values marriage. Jesus went under an to, <laughs> to a wedding. So still another said, I just got married. Now saying that we all know the value of marriage. God knows the value of marriage. Jesus' first um, miracle was at a wedding. It means that Jesus um, received an invitation to a wedding and he went. If he didn't value it, he wouldn't go. So, wording is very, very important. Jesus went to a wedding. But yet, God is saying here through this story, he said, the man who said, I've just got married, God considered it as an excuse. He considered it as an excuse. It means that some things are important, but they, are, they cannot be the reason for certain inactions. Listen to me. Some things may be important, 
but they cannot be the reason for certain inactions marriage is important but it cannot be the reason for your inaction to respond to god's call to follow him marriage is important but it cannot be the reason for your inaction to respond to god to follow him or to do the will god has called called you for because many times santa you see certain women failing to rise up to god's call over their lives because of their marriage sometimes you see certain men are failing to do what god wants them to do because of marriage man if a man of god a man of god tells you god wants you to do something he said my family what can we do as a man of god can you see when he says my wife what can i see when he says what can i see oh am i making some sense somebody aha and marriage is one of the biggest on the excuse list that men use or you can use it carries weight sometimes some people don't give because their wife said they shouldn't give hey have i gone there too fast amen some people don't step out to do evangelism because my husband will not be happy with me <laughs> and they use marriage as a reason for inexcuse and he says still another said i just got married so i can't come as a matter of fact he just simply say excuse me i can't make it you will put another word that's what he says excuse it excuse me i can't make it yes you are putting effort yes i may have given you my prior consent and saying that i'll come but for now i can't do anything about it now what jesus is also saying is that once it's an excuse it means that you could do something about it it means that it's not as important or weighty as you perceive it to be maybe in the eyes of the lord to you it may seem so but in the eyes of the lord it's not as important now guys can you imagine what it look like to meet the lord and all the things that we have used as an excuse and god says it's an excuse you, you not, not even use as an excuse let me let me use my words very well all the things that are a good reason for your inaction and god says it's an excuse some years ago with some of my guys when they come i remember some of them started saying that pastor rod will, will, will still say it's an excuse because anytime they bring something i said look but you could have done it this way but you could have done it this way and oftentimes when people come with some reason i said look but you could have looked at this way then now they are going ah it's true and i'm like that means you did not really think through it why is that so it's because oftentimes people conclude that i will not do it in the first place that's actually where it starts from so your excuse what you don't realize is that you have already concluded i'm not going to do it your excuse is just something you are telling yourself and the other person hoping they get convinced hey i'm not because i'm saying somebody hey look at today when it says a neighbor is a man of god talking about you is a man of god ask your neighbor is a man of god talking about you is you are you the one that has been preached about amen because truly truly guys truly there's really no reason why we cannot obey god there's really no reason i'm telling you in every circumstance truly there's no reason because it is said that a man who who has a will will find a way a man who has a word a will will do what will find a way i know i know i know uh, uh, i know a guy 
who left the comfort of America, white guy, left the comfort of America, came to Ghana, not only that, in the name of uh, following God and wanting to serve God, bent his bridges, left America, came to Ghana, went to the north, was in the north serving sometimes, and then he, he felt like God, he, he wants to chase after God through the northern part of Africa. And do you know how he went? He went by road. By road. To the dangers. Now you know, when, the, when you go to the northern part of Africa, you are getting to extremist space. And extremists, they like white people. Because once you can capture a white person, you can get money. And this guy went through the dark look. When he told, he told the story of how he even had an accident and still pursued and kept on going. Oftentimes, he didn't even have money. His money was not even reaching. But this guy, and all, all his goal was, he wanted to know whether God was with him and whether God was, was going to use him. So he stepped into the unknown. He meets people and he's preaching the gospel to new faces, to Muslims, to Adukali, people he has never known before. He talked about how one time he slept in the, dark, in the, in the desert at night. As I was telling him, I was just saying, I said, wow. Why would a guy take such, how do you call it, um, um, such an adventure? It's because he, first of all, has made up his mind. That's where it starts from. Once the mind is made, you find a way out. The reason why we are not following God is because in, in obeying God in certain things, because we just have concluded we won't do it. It's too much for me. I can't do it. That's it. That's your decision. You have made up your mind. Hey. Now, Jesus, the story didn't end. And one of the interesting things about this story, which I love so much, is that the master I told you that can, can forgive sin, but cannot forgive what? Excuses. Then what did he do? Here's an here's a interesting thing. The master is committed to his agenda from the very beginning. So the excuses did not stop him it only stop them. Write it down. Your excuse will only stop you, not God. Every excuse we create stops us, not God. Because the master still calls other servants and says, Hey, if these ones have called them in and they are not responding, then go to the streets. Go get the cripple. Go get the lame. In other words, they may not have been the first people that were in my thoughts. But I still have room for them. There are a lot of things God has asked, called us to do. We may have been the first, but we are not the only people that God has created a room for to do. We may, we may have been the first. For salvation, the Jews were the first. Jews first. That's what the Bible says. Salvation to Jews first. But they were not the only ones. And because they were called first, they thought everything was about them. They thought the vision was about them. They thought the purpose was about them. Have you guys ever heard a prophetic word from a prophet that is talking to you and say, Hey, me who? Hey, me you. And you will do this and you will do this. And when you are hearing the word, it looks as if all God is saying is just you alone. Yeah. Oh, have you heard that before? And you, you are like, hey, God is doing until you hear God talking about another person to the same thing. Let's <laughs> just say you are not the only one God wants to prosper. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? Or, or you are not the only one God is going to anoint. 
God has a big room for others. The question is, will you say yes to your call? The invitation to follow Jesus. The invitation to serve Jesus. Hey, are you in the house? Are you in the house? Yeah. Someone say amen. Someone say amen. God is good. Okay, so what did he do? Send them out and they came in. Bishop Dagger said something. He said, look, oftentimes, sometimes, the people that God calls first, their, their sense of self-importance is so big to them. I am a banker. I am an engineer. So much that God has to skip them and go for the lame and the cripple. Mm. Uh, go for the lame. And sometimes you hear people say, hey, so you your pastor. Oh. Yeah. We're a pastor because when God called the other person, he's too busy. The bank is good for him. So God has to go for the uneducated. Hey, am I preaching somebody? Am I, am I talking? Yeah. So God had to go for the God went for those who were available. Remember, the other one says, we are occupied with our work. But he said, go to the lame. The lame, where are they? They are just there. Their, their legs are broke. They are just, they are just there. <laughs> Hallelujah. You check. When God is calling... And, and, and bank is calling. Guess what is more appealing? Oh, what is more appealing? The bank. He only really mentioned the bank. <laughs> the bank is more appealing. <laughs> yeah. The clothing allowance. You wear the tie and strap your neck. And walk about like a, a cockerel. A cockerel in a... <laughs> It's more appealing than disciple nation. It's more appealing than good disciple people. As a matter of fact, when I started this work, there are many times people say, won't you go and look for a proper job to do? Won't you go and look for a proper job? Thank God I was a cripple God found me. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. I was a cripple. Like the lame, when he says yes, he says, says I've called you, I say yes. After all, I didn't even know where my life was going. <laughs> I, did, I didn't have a big dream. I didn't even know how I was going to achieve if, if ever I had a big dream, how I was going to achieve it. And God is calling the cripple and the lame in our time. Hey, shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is calling the cripple and the lame in our time. God is calling the cripple and the lame in our time. Let's, let's uh, address Mother Come. God is calling who? The cripple and the lame. The cripple and the lame. God is calling who? Calling who? Ask your neighbor, are you a cripple? 
Last month, I made us cherish the life of a prostitute. <laughs> the life of a real, real, but today we are cherishing the life of a cripple and a lame because you are not busy with oxens and you are not busy with words marriage and lands <laughs> let's continue so I said God is calling who? the cripple and words the lame. Why? Because they are ready to say, yes. So there's a food. What are you waiting for? They're running. Once they hear grace, they run into grace. I've seen, listen, I've seen people who are so educated, grace is too simple for them. Grace is too simple for them because grace appeals to the poor. And they are too rich. They cannot say yes to grace. Because they're educated, because they have opportunities, because they've seen th- things. They say, Look, Pastor, I've seen stuff, I've traveled, I've sat with high ranking people. What are you talking about, Grace? What is Grace? Grace is calling to the poor. I'm not poor. I'm not poor. So they're missing out on the things that God has for us. That's sometimes the dangers about having things in this life. When we have things in this life, it holds our life because, see, to whatsoever material thing you possess, you need time to keep it. You need time, you need effort. As of all, you need more resources to keep your material things going. Hallelujah. No wonder Jesus said that man's life is not, is not found in abundance of possessions they, put, they have. Because if you do so, you are going to lose your life. You're going to lose it. I want to make some sense, somebody. Yeah. They couldn't see grace. They're too big for grace. But here's also the, the dynamics I want you to see. But the, the, the story tells us that he brought them in. But after the crippled and the lame had come in, there was still room. Perhaps one. Listen. Truly, what the master prepared for those that he had invited, he had prepared far more than what they expected. Maybe, if they, maybe they've gone for some, ban- some of the uh, banquet before, so they know that oh, once we come here, they're watching, and this way, you know, uh, no, I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching, and then this one, and then this one. So afterwards, we are through. But they didn't know that they were stuck and more stuff available for them. Hey, am I making some sense? You have to realize that, look, whatever God is calling us for is... What God has prepared is far more than what we can imagine. Far more than what God has When I said yes to the call of God, when I said yes to following God, when I said yes to following Him, I did not know the full extent of God's blessings. Look, you can't even, you, you can't tell it. Even if God says, I will bless you, He has oversimplified it. Hey, hey, hey. Whatever God has called you, somebody else says, I may have just to be a man of God, man of God. You know, you're oversimplifying it. God will show you glory. God will show you what? God will show you what? And far more than glory, God will show you more. Something you can never prepare for. So the thing that the, the, the master had prepared is far more. Because even when this guy came in, they couldn't. But the other thing also is this. Perhaps, somebody say perhaps. The capacity of the initial people was also perhaps much bigger. Now, some years ago, my father used to say, he used to tell me, he said, 
he was always on me say um esama kayade like read i mean sometimes he says umpa this umpa the kai you don't like reading <laughs> my father used to do that you don't like reading and he says look when god was starting the move of the new testament jesus came came to declare it and left but jesus went to call a man by name paul to use paul to explain grace and who was paul he said paul was a lawyer hey somebody didn't get it paul had a big capacity so it means that guys listen it means that if god had a choice he would go for educated people why because in in studying you increase your capacity now all these guys were people of capacity some had bought a land some had bought an oxen and somebody has been able to go and pay bride price do you know what it looks like to pay bride price you pay uh, you pay even the, the brother-in-law you even give to the brother-in-law you settle everybody you settle everybody here so Jessica so Jessica <laughs> hey am I making some sense to somebody in the house so these people were not just mere men they were people of capacity and they were the first point of call by the master it means that the master doesn't like people who have not built their capacity hey, hey am I making some sense somebody hey shake a neighbor and say neighbor you have to build your capacity if you are going to be a disciple of jesus shake the one and say you have to have a big capacity have a big word have a big words have a big words yeah school no school hey i'm gonna get some sense somebody yeah go to school go for a degree if it enhance your capacity if it will enhance your capacity don't just don't just don't go for it just so that you can you can have a big reputation no your capacity go to school get your masters get the skill get a training have something get something i'm making some sense have a skill learn something because that was the first point those were the first people that the master called and after they came when they refused from coming even the people could not fill their place ha. even the people could not fill their place And it's true. Sometimes when you look at, I don't want to mention. But when some men of God talk, it's like they've spoken ten preachers in one. And when some men of God talk, he said, "Okay, I think you have to go back and start again." Because they can't even define one, and even put in context. But when somebody speaks, it's like they've taught you. It's like they've moved you from class one. They've led you and lead you to a place. All of a sudden, you can see that your life has gained some value from before you left church. And other people, you realize that they've just, just wasted the time you gave them. That's a difference. And it's true. You watch. You watch. You watch the learned men of God. Learned, graced men of God in our country, across. You see the capacity they hold. I'm not saying those who have been to school. I'm saying learned. There are two different things. Hey, I'm not talking about those who have been so before they say, no, I'm talking about learned, those who are honing their crafts, 
those who have invested in themselves you can see that they've raised their capacity you go to their spaces you see the leadership you see the things they've done you can tell that they are people of great impact when they speak you know that they are saying something to you and the master won those people so today i came to challenge you hey i started by saying that discipleship starts with an invitation the master has prepared and is calling for disciples to come in will you let go of your excuse look at the one that says a time you let go of your excuse it's time tell tell us it's time you let go of your excuse tell the person marriage cannot be the reason why you are not serving and doing god's will tell about commerce or business cannot be the reason why you are not serving or doing god's will no 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 tell them again look at them in the face and tell them 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 hallelujah you can't say because i'm traveling or because i stay somewhere that's why i can't serve god hey you have some 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 brothers brothers here who are serving god just just till they go to london as the taste are going and going to start farming alive you can't say you can't say we are in london so we can't do it london hallelujah amen now is the time bible said bible said that is acceptable time of the lord now is the time look once you hear an invitation that's actually the right time one of the things you have to understand bible about bible once you hear anything it means that's the time that's the time and this morning i believe that god is saying it's time for some people to say yes to some things he has asked you to do uh Doc and sir, now is the time to say yes to the call of God over your lives. Amen. Amen. God brought you at the right time and brought you near the pulpit. <laughs> you and the pulpit are very close. <laughs> like the way they taste in the pulpit. God realized you're too far, so he caused the rain to come, so you draw closer to grace. <laughs> Amen. Please, your excuse can only stop you, not God. It's a very profound thing. It means that someday, do you know what's going to happen? God is going to have one person with points that obeyed him. And once somebody obeyed him, you'll be the other person who did not obey. That's a dangerous thing. So let's say yes to Jesus. Let's say yes to his, his invitation. Let's follow God's invitation. And I know that our lives are going to be transformed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube. Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.